0: of fans and welcome to the official inaugural the numero uno episode of the cinema slayers podcast this is the one and only the bearded one the one with the golden pipes that will take you on this journey of a podcast sterling and i am joined with the wrestler known as the living proof but for the purposes of the podcast and the website he will be just called jastin
1: Hey, Senum fans, how are you guys doing? Yep, when I'm ever, I'm not in the ring body slamming guys and taking names and kicking butt. I'm chilling, watching good movies just like everybody else. So I'm a huge fan of movies. So happy to be doing this. I've been on the set of a few films, done a few short films myself, gotten to do some acting on stage as well, and I've written a few screenplays. So I'm a huge fan of movies, huge fan of entertainment, and this is going to be a lot of fun.
0: I really didn't realize we were cutting a wrestling promo during that, but that's fun. And then also joining us <laughs> is the former exotic dancer, Heather Onyx, that will simply just be now Heather.
2: Hello, everyone. Yeah, I couldn't really cut it as a dancer or an actress, so I just watch movies instead. But um, I'm kind of the resident scary movie lover. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I just love watching all kinds of movies and reviewing them. I'm kind of the nice one. The Peacekeeper, if you will. So, yeah, I'm excited.
0: Well, that all being said, this is the, like I said before, the first episode of the CinemaSlayers podcast. So what we're going to do today for you guys is we're going to kind of just give you a taste of what we're going to do on this podcast every month. Just kind of go over things that have happened or things that have been announced, things that are we're excited that are coming out. And just kind of go over it all with you guys. Uh, so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go over like our favorite movies from 2017. We are a little bit removed from it, but hey, it's always fun to go back to it. So let's start with Justin here.
1: Okay. Well, whenever I look at all of the movies that came out in 2017, my probably my most favorite movie was Coco. I really loved it. It was a Pixar movie. Um, I mean, I, what can I say about it that hasn't already been said? Uh, there is a review of this at, at our Cinema Slayer site, cinemaslayers.com. But this is just a fantastic movie. I think it's one of the best Pixar movies. It's a celebration of Mexican culture, which was nice to see. There was a different flavor that I hadn't seen in a while. And the story is just a fantastic story. So that would be my pick for one of my favorite movies of 2017.
2: Nice.
0: I actually, I started watching that and I never finished it. Like I got <laughs> like 10 minutes in and Were things happened. And no, no, no. Just like it was just on a busy night. And just so I just had to stop watching it. and I never got back around to it. And it's not because like I don't want to or anything like that. It's just I have so much other shit to watch.
1: Fair enough. Cool, cool. But no, you should. You should. You should check it out. Finish that. Finish that now. Like now, if you can, right this, now.
0: This This isn't Mortal Kombat. You can't just start, you know, telling me to finish things.
1: You're not in the <laughs> ring, Justin.
2: Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Withdrawals.
0: So what about you, Heather? What was your favorite movie of 2017?
2: Honestly, I got to say it was Get Out. I know that's a ton of people's favorite, but for good reason. I think it was just brilliant. Um, as I said, I'm a fan of scary movies. So just the suspense thriller aspect of it was really awesome. But Daniel Kaluuya is just like out of this world with talent. And I think he did an awesome job as the lead in this movie. And I don't know. I just think it was it was just so clever. Everything about it, like even the music, all of the acting, just how the story was paced, everything about it was so good. And I've seen it probably three or four times now. And I just, I find new things every time. It's one of those where you could go back and just watch it again and be like, oh, yeah, I didn't notice that before. And I love movies that you could do that and not just be like, oh, I saw it once and I got the whole thing and I don't want to see it again. So for for me, Get Out was for sure my favorite.
0: Well, both of you are wrong. Neither one of those were the best movie of 2017.
2: Why do I think you have a different opinion than Sterling?
0: (laughs) Well, because it's obvious. The best movie of 2017 was John Wick Chapter 2.
2: Oh, of course.
0: (laughs) Because no movie, no movie in 2017, and no movie in recent memory, has the sheer watchability of a John Wick film. Especially Chapter 2. It doesn't (laughs) matter what you're doing. You'd be just sitting there, going through a TV guide. You're like, oh hey, John Wick chapter two's on. It's got three <laughs> minutes left. Let me hit up these end credits because they're still amazing. <laughs> like the John Wick, the John Wick series is just one of those movies that like they stand out because while everything is simple with the movies, like the stories incredibly simple. The the world and the narrative that they've built within that though is deeper than you get from most movies you Mm -hmm. know you get this sense that there's this lore and that there's this mythos with everything and ultimately when it comes down to it they don't explain anything be like explain that much deeply into it because they're they're just dropping you into the world they're just saying Mm -hmm. hey you're in this world now catch up to what's been going on (laughs) kind of like the best tv show ever the wire it's you know it just drops you into the 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 inner streets of baltimore just says hey these people have been living their lives. You catch up to what's going on. And and John Wick does that in this crazy, insane world of high councils and assassinations. And
2: So you're saying you like the second one better than the first one?
0: I love them both equally. It's like if I had twins, you can't have <laughs> a favorite twin and a, and a sure. non-favorite twin. They're both equally my favorites. And I'm sure that John Wick Chapter 3... Which begins filming in April, if you didn't know that. It'll be be the same thing. It'll be like the little triplet.
2: (laughs) Excellent. I didn't know that, actually. That's cool.
1: Well, you're definitely going to want to finish Coco then. Because when you talk (laughs) about being dropped into a world, whenever you get to the other world, the land of the dead in Coco, whenever it gets to that aspect of the film... I mean, you want to talk about a vibrant world with so many colors. It feels like there's a mythos. There's some guest appearances that I'm not going to ruin or spoil for you. But, man, you want to talk about a world created all of its own and a world that's so just vibrant with color and looked so lively. Uh, You're going to love Coco, man, just based on what you said about John Wick.
0: Have you ever seen my wardrobe, Justin? Like, I don't get along well with vibrant colors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is true. You will wear a black T-shirt in <laughs> a heartbeat, but eh, Coco has that effect on people, though, man. it's uh, It pulls at the heartstrings, I'll tell you that.
2: I actually haven't, like, I'm not a huge um, animated movie fan for the most part. I mean, I like them, but I never seek them out to just watch them. So that's probably why I haven't, like watched that one yet, but I have heard it's really, really good. So maybe I'll have to check it out.
1: Yes, you must. But John Wick <laughs> though, but to piggy- But to go back to John Wick, it's an awesome movie. And I mean, I can't say enough about it. I'm a big martial arts action movie fan, have seen probably all of the who's who of action movies and some of the action set pieces in that film the 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 choreography in the film, the mix of close quarter combat mixed with gunplay is just fantastic in John Wick. I would recommend it just on that alone, honestly. Yeah. Well,
0: like one of the other things with that that I really love <laughs> is that it goes away from from the action trend that that was very common lately, where you know it's quick cuts and a lot of shaky cam and things like that to, to make the action scenes feel more brutal and faster and also to cover up for a lack of the actual fighting ability of the actors. Whereas like John wick loves pulling the camera back. It loves showing you the fights actually happen Mm. like within the, within the, the, the setting that they're in. And so they pull back. So you don't get cuts, you know, you get to see like a full action sequence take place without a cut. You know, and that's that's honestly a testament to to Keanu Reeves because Keanu Reeves in the industry has a a history of being able to do longer fight sequences because mm. he he learned he learned how to fight, like he learned the martial arts, he learned how to do these things, so he's able mm. to go longer w- within the choreography without actually doing a cut.
2: I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Plus, there's like numerous videos of him doing gun training, and the guy is scary. Like, I honestly think he's an assassin. I think that Keanu Reeves is an assassin. <laughs> and that John Wick is actually just the biography of his life of now. Keanu
2: Reeves, yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> and he just, but they, you know, they don't want to get him in trouble. So they're like, oh, look, no, it's John Wick.
1: Mm, maybe. <laughs> uh No. Okay, now to talk about Get Out a little bit. Because I, I want to talk about that too. But no, yeah. Get Out, as Heather said, was... I mean, she used the term brilliant, and I think that's a great word to describe it. Uh, Man, where to begin with that movie? It was scary. It was excellent at building tension. The Mm -hmm. storyline was something a little different. It it used um, tropes that you're familiar with, but it just would set you up. You would think you knew where the movie was going because you're recognizing certain tropes that you see in horror, then it would turn around and just flip the script on you entirely. And I think that was one of the best things about the film. It also used Mm -hmm. a lot of racial undertones that way, too. You would think you knew what a character's intentions were, but then they would wind up being something else entirely. And that really is the strength of the film in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, and I would say even... Going back to talking about how the how the movie was shot, like the camera angles and everything, like I love that they did all those close-ups of, you know, of Daniel Kaluuya's face, you know, while he's kind of really confused or really scared or really angry. Like you just see every expression on his face, and they, I think they they do a good job of just they want to do a close-up of that, and it just kind of in a sense, like you guys were saying, it drops you into his world and just kind of how he's feeling and what emotions he's going through. And I just think they did it. They just did it so well. Yeah, I think it was great. Well,
0: one thing with oh. it that I think is interesting with it is the fact that like a lot of actually what Jordan Peele did, and he's even said so himself, is he actually did a lot of things that he's just seen in other movies. Um, and with with a lot of the st- with a lot of the things he did, but the thing is, and it's a testament to him as a director, mm-hmm. is you don't feel like he's ripping off other movies. Yeah, you know, you don't it's feel like he's like oh. Yeah. He's he's doing it in a way where some of the things he's doing, like they are cliche, but at the same time they are they still feel original with everything.
2: Mm-hmm. And I love that I I I'm pretty sure that Jordan Peele was more surprised than anybody that this movie was as big of a deal as it is. You know, like I don't think he expected it at all to be. You know, Oscar nominated, and just this huge like phenomenon, and it just—I think it totally exceeded any expectation that he ever had for his first, you know, directing um, movie. You know,
0: well, at the same time, though, it—it's actually—I mean, the fact that he won like best screenplay of mm-hmm. the Academy Awards too, like yeah. that was a big testament to it all too. Is the fact that he came out there and he did something original, and honestly, I feel like. The reason why he only they only ended up winning one Academy Award for that movie was just the fact that since the studio and everyone had such low expectations for the movie, it came out in February.
2: Right. Yeah. You
0: know it. It came out around last year's Oscars instead of closer to this year, which is where you get a lot of your Oscar movies. They're typically mm-hmm. movies that come out later in the deadline cycle.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because people <laughs> by then, you know, they've seen so many others since then and it just wasn't in the forefront of their mind so yeah i i totally would agree with that
1: mm-hmm. and since he's relatively new to the oscar scene i just don't know he hasn't built the the resume yet to where they they're gonna be like okay we're gonna um shower him with more of these awards whereas somebody like um Guillermo del toro Has had that track record. He's done a couple of hits. He's he's got the resume to sort of attract those Oscar voters a little bit more at this stage, I believe, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: I
0: I I do think though that uh, Jordan Peele, we're gonna see a lot of of special and really good movies come out of that guy, even if they aren't, you know, horror movies like Get Out. I just think he's he's got such a way that he tells stories and that he wants to tell stories and you know he's gonna do a lot of amazing things
1: later yeah he's
2: very clear it seems like in his vision of this is what i want it to be and he makes it that he's very good at that yeah
1: yes and to already have such a good understanding of how to bring things full circle like there's a lot of things in that movie where That hark back to something that was said earlier, something that was done earlier, and it comes full circle. So just his understanding of continuity within a story is excellent to be um, a starting screenwriter. So and hats off to him for being the first African-American to take that award home as well. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure.
0: Now, are there any movies that that surprised you good or bad
1: in 2017? Mm. Oh yeah. Can every, does everybody agree that it was a surprise?
2: Yeah, you know, I knew it was gonna be um better than the original, <laughs> but I didn't expect <laughs> it to be as good as it was. It was that was probably another one of my favorites of the year. It was so well done. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it was a it was a very surprising movie. Especially the performances that got it out of the kids. Like
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's something that is very hard for movies like that is you know, you're relying on kids to do things and have the emotional depth that, you know, sometimes adults that have been doing it for years can't do. Mm-hmm. And they all did an amazing job of all that.
2: Yeah, totally agree. And then Pennywise was like, he was, a, who was it? What was the guy's name? Uh, Bill Skarsgård? Yeah, he yes. was. he was yes. awesome. He did a great job.
1: Yes, he was charismatic when he needed to be. He was creepy when he needed to be. And some of the scenes were just downright scary, and 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 honestly, some of the creepiest scenes were just scenes where he was just talking, just there, yeah, talking to him, trying to entice him. He was practically, well, actually, was foaming at the mouth. It just seemed like he was starving, like he couldn't wait to feast on these children. I just loved his performance. It was it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that.
0: Now, were there any movies that surprised you, Heather? Or would would it be your choice for that, too?
2: Honestly, mine is, um, and I kind of mentioned this a little bit in one of our um, reviews we did, um, Ingrid Goes West with um, Aubrey Plaza. That movie was really, really good. I didn't actually have a whole lot of expectation for that. Um, You know, you just kind of, I heard here and there about, you know, it's like an independent film. And I just didn't know a whole lot about what it was. And even when you hear the premise of it, you know, it's about a girl who's kind of obsessed with social media and she's she kind of starts to stalk these people on social media. And you just kind of feel like this is going to be a super weird movie. But they were they did that movie so well. They like the they had an actual message in that movie that they that they did really well and they they shrouded it in a lot of, you know, comedy and making fun of a lot of things with social media and how people get with things like that but it was it was just surprisingly a very very good movie and it had like a lot more heart behind it than i expected so i think for me Ingrid Goes West would be my surprise movie a good surprise movie of the year
0: like i've seen Ingrid Goes West have have you seen that yet Justin
1: I haven't seen that um film so no, I can't comment on it right now. But just by what Heather said, I'll I'll definitely be checking it out for sure.
2: Yeah, Sterling, you saw that movie, right?
0: Yes, you know, I ha- I have seen Ingrid Goes West, and it it really is. It's it's one of those movies that I heard nothing about, mm-hmm. but I just kind of started seeing it pop up in a lot of people's like best movies of twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. and so I went and found it, and it really is. It's it's a very surprising movie, and I was really surprised that it didn't get. Uh, like more press and more recognition for the sheer fact that like you said, it has Audrey Plaza and it's got Elizabeth Olsen in it. And it's, it's -hmm. one of those movies that has all the, the markings of a movie that would be more promoted or you would have heard more of. Right. And it just kind of flew under everybody's radar for whatever reason.
2: And the fact that it's actually pretty relevant, you know, to today's age with, you know, just being obsessed with social media and trying to portray like this perfect life when you have all these other Ridiculous issues going on in your real life, and it just seems very relevant. And I'm very surprised that more people, you know, yeah, I'm I'm very surprised it didn't get more press than it did.
0: Yeah, um, for me though, for 2017, probably the most surprising movie that I watched was probably Brigsby Bear*. Um
2: mm-hmm.
0: It's got uh Kyle Mooney in it from uh, *SNL*, and it's it's got uh also it's got Greg Kinnear and Mark Hamill and. Like, it's, it's got some, you know, people everybody knows, but it's one of those movies that I saw the trailer for uh, months and months and months before it came out. And I watched the trailer for it, and I was like, oh, that just looks weird.
2: <laughs>
0: and yeah. then, then I watched it, and it was probably one of the most, like, truly heartfelt and, like, emotional movies that, that I've seen in a very long time. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those movies that it really – like shined more than the trailer. And I think that's a really good testament to the movie that and to me what kind of helped the movie is the fact that like you watch the trailer and you're like I don't know what's going on here. And then when you actually watch the movie, you see all the elements from the trailer, but you see it's a different movie mm. than kind of what the trailer portrays it to be. So like that surprise element to it all to me really kind of helped like nail home that message that it had mm-hmm. and and made it uh, a lot more impactful if you will.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I actually recently saw that movie too. And it Kyle Mooney, he, he's pretty solid. He's a solid actor. And, um, I, I hadn't really seen him in much else other than SNL here and there. So it was, he, he was very, what's the word endearing, I guess would be the word for what he was in that movie. Um, he, he was really good and you're right. It was a surprise. Cause I honestly didn't know much about what that movie was either. Um, but yeah, you're right. It was very, um, it was a pleasant surprise too.
0: Well, like for mm-hmm. me though, like with it, like after I watched it, I felt so bad for Kyle Mooney on SNL because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this man is incredibly creative because he he wrote that movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, this man is incredibly creative. He's a really solid actor, and SNL just gives him garbage left and fucking right like <laughs> i'm like you're completely underutilizing this man like this man has talent yeah and you're just giving him dribble all the fucking time
2: <laughs> yeah he's he is really good yeah i can't believe he wrote that like that's very original and very creative for sure yeah
0: and did you see that one justin
1: Unfortunately, no. But that is on my list of movies to watch. Um, Several people have recommended that to me. I just haven't gotten to it yet. But yes, I've been hearing through the grapevine that it's a great movie. One of the big surprises of last year, for sure.
2: He was just watching Coco over and over. That's probably why he he couldn't get to it yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not why. But I do have a surprise movie, too. Um, and I don't, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but I thought one of the biggest surprises of last year was Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle.
2: Oh yeah, and that's true.
1: I I expected absolutely nothing from this movie. <laughs> I saw the previews and I was like, "This is the stupidest premise." Like, I, it was just and and when I saw that it was base basically gonna be like a Jumanji video game and these kids get trapped into a video game. I just I, I thought that the premise was just stupid. I was like, "Oh man, that's gonna that the, the this is really gonna, it's gonna be bad." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I thought. Uh, every impression I had was a bad one. Uh, the only redeeming mm-hmm. thing about it is that I know that the the Rock and Kevin Hart they really are good friends. They have good chemistry in other movies. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of movies where the the redeeming quality about it was that they were in it, and they just seemed to have a a very good chemistry, so I was like, you know what, that yeah. might be the only thing going for that film. But when I saw the film, man, I was I was so surprised by it. it. It just it was funny throughout. The premise is a simple one; it doesn't take itself very seriously at all. The concept of having people like The Rock and Kevin Hart and Jack Black play mm-hmm. these teenagers trapped in their bodies wound up being a genius concept because they're mm-hmm. acting like um teenagers play it in a video game which is appropriate for the premise of the story but it's hilarious to see them acting this way and mm-hmm. Jack Black I think his performance really stands out too but again the oh, chemistry yeah. with the rock and uh Kevin Hart was tremendous and the movie is just fun it is a it is a quintessential popcorn. Good time, and it was just funny throughout. It was hilarious at times, and I, I really enjoyed myself when I watched that movie. It was very enjoyable.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I I recently saw that too, and it's just it's the the epitome of what you think of when you're like, I just want to see a fun movie at the movies. You know, that's the kind of film that you think of with it. And I agree, Jack Black was absolutely hilarious in that movie. And my hesitation is like, it looked like it might be good. But when you have a lot of, um, you know, comedy A-listers kind of all in the same movie, I've seen it tend to not be that good. Like they're trying too hard when they have that many big name comedians in a film together. But this one was really, really good. And The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, he is funny in his own right. Like he holds his own as like a comedic actor. And it was it was really good. Yeah.
0: No, I was I was. I'm with you on a lot of that, Justin, the fact that like you watch the trailers and you have this premise and especially with like all the fond memories so many people have with the first, with the first movie and everything. And this movie just kind of came out of nowhere. Like it was, it was fun. It, it didn't lean too heavily onto the first movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it had a little bit of uh, some callbacks to it, but
2: very few. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, very you few. Know, yeah. You know, like enough to give it like a purpose and everything like that, but it, it it really did a good job of like of like you said, like it felt like a video game and it felt like teenagers playing a video game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, the fact that you know, Jack Black was essentially playing like a sixteen year old girl
2: <laughs> Yeah.
0: Trapped in his body like he did an amazing job. He was like,
2: perfect. Oh yeah. I
0: don't think you
1: can Yes, he was really... perfect.
0: <laughs> and just the way they did the jokes with it, you know, some of them, you know, you could argue were like more on the crude side of things, but they they weren't like so crude that it isn't just like an in general like f- family fun flick. Like mm-hmm. it's it's still very much in the wheelhouse of like a fun for the family like Anybody can watch this movie and have a good time with it.
2: Yeah, I agree that it was, yeah,
1: it was a solid movie. Yeah, definitely one of the surprises of last year. I was really, I was extremely surprised by that movie. I, I just thought going in, it was going to be garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's still making good money and it's already out, you know, to own. And like, and it's still out in theaters, some places too. So it's still doing really well.
0: no. Are there any, like, movies in 2017 that you were really looking forward to and you were, like, disappointed with?
2: Mm.
1: That's a I tough mean, one. I've got
0: one right now. <laughs> if you guys are, like, you're, like, stuck thinking, I've got one I could throw out there right now for you guys. What's that? Let's go ahead. Throw it out. That's Logan.
1: <laughs> How did I know I that was coming? I not seen that yet. I'll be honest.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was... I was looking forward to that movie. It had everything it needed to be amazing, and it was just boring garbage. <laughs> I I was just I ca- I can't tell you how lit down I was by that movie because like everything about it, like I wanted to enjoy that movie. I uh, you know it's like you've got Hugh Jackman who, for all the ups and downs of the X Men franchise, he's always been a good Wolverine. Even you know. If it's a bad story or a bad movie, it's never been his fault. It's never because you're just like, oh, Hugh Jackman's being Wolverine. No, he's always been really good at it. And you've got Patrick Stewart coming back and you've got all these things. And you're just like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. They're bringing an X-23 and, you know, it's going to be this road trip. It's going to be uh, a weird bastardization of the old man Logan storyline that they can only do part of because of, you know, the whole rights issues that they had for a long time with uh, Fox and Marvel. And then this movie happens (laughs) and it was just boring. Like at no point should a movie like that be boring, but it was
2: just to interject for our, um, our fans listening. um, This has been a really huge point of uh, controversy between (laughs) Sterling and Jaston for a long time. They definitely disagree. It's so much to the point that we have two separate reviews on our site because of how, different they felt about this movie. So please proceed. I just wanted them to know that.
0: I mean Well, I mean like your main protagonist essentially disappears and takes a nap for 30 minutes of the movie <laughs> of the third act. Like, come on. <laughs> you can't have your title character taking a nap for 30 minutes. And I'm not saying like th- like that's 30 like he he didn't take a 30 minute nap in the movie. No. I'm talking about 30 minutes of screen time. That guy is asleep.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I well I I tried to let you say all that you could. I w- I wanted to let you go ahead and get it all out, but honestly, oh, um,
0: I, I have not even touched the surface yet. This is just the preliminary. Hey, we're discussing this shit.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, um, as Heather indicated, I'm on the total uh, opposite end of that opinion as far as Sterling is concerned. Um, I loved Logan. I thought it was. I think it's probably, it's easily the best Wolverine movie, might even be the best movie involving these X-Men characters, X-Men movie, whatever you want to call it, category you put it in. I thought that it was great. I thought that the dark, it was a dark, gritty, much more. I mean, almost just sad tone that that, that Wolverine really needed. I, I'm not a fan of the Wolverine comic book character, but I feel like for those really? that are fans of him, I'm not a big fan of the Wolverine character as far as comics are concerned. But I understand the character. I know that the Wolverine character is about perseverance. It's about him overcoming adversity. It's about him being, you know, him being dealt all this punishment, damage, being hurt in his life, and him being able to kind of overcome that or find the silver lining or do it with just his sheer tenacity. Tenacity is what I always think about when I think of Wolverine. That's the name of his game. And no film, no movie with the title of X-Men, no movie, with the title of Wolverine really captures the essence of his tenacity and just the rough life that he has, like Logan does. I think it does that in spades. I think it really captures that. And if you don't believe me, just look at the opinion of the general public. I mean, the the film is widely regarded as one of the best superhero films It got an Academy Award nomination for a screenplay. So that says something about the story. Um, And also, when you look at its critic reviews, it's one of the highest reviewed films of 2017. So Logan has the track record and the results for me to show that it is definitely one of the best films of 2017.
0: Hmm. Now, did you ever see Logan, Heather?
2: I unfortunately haven't seen it yet. No.
1: What do you mean, unfortunately?
0: It's very fortunate <laughs> that you haven't seen it yet. I wish I had never seen that movie. I feel
2: like <laughs> I need to see what all this controversy is about. Like, I need to just kind of catch up and side with someone so I can even out the score, you know?
0: <laughs> well, like, you also you like, have to realize, like, what the, like, some of the things that Justin forgot to mention was that it's about the hero taking a nap. It's about, <laughs> you know, the hero who's got this, like, you know doing things that are out of his character, like especially within the movie itself, the character is a very brutal killer. And so when he's like, oh, we, we don't need this person to let people know where we're at. Let's just go put him somewhere instead of killing him. No, his, his, his whole thing would be, let's just kill the guy. He can't talk if he's dead. But for the one point for like the 30 seconds in the movie that he's like, I don't know, having an identity crisis and doesn't want to be himself. (laughs) Oh no no no! Just uh, take him out to the desert. No, like every other point in the movie itself, he kills everybody else. But no, all of a sudden he doesn't want to. Like, <laughs> or the fact that like the movie's about uh, forcing emotional connections that they don't actually portray on the screen. Like, you know, it's supposed to have these heartwarming like father daughter moments, but you actually get more of that with Professor Xavier and the little girl, and not actually Logan and the little girl. And then hmm. at the end, they try to fake it. By just having some hand-holding, and all of a sudden it's supposed to be like, oh, it's so emotional. No, the movie doesn't give you that. (laughs) It wants you to put the emotions into it. It didn't actually give you any reason to be emotional. It just hopes that if you know the comic books or you know the story or just the fact that you know that there's a father-daughter relationship there, that you're going to feel something.
2: Mm. Not that
0: it gives you a reason to. It just hopes that you will and for whatever reason so many people got tricked into thinking it happened.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, that's one person's opinion. I think it did nail those scenes and if anybody knows the Wolverine character or has seen Wolverine, he's supposed to be the quintessential badass. I hide my feelings. I don't reveal what I how I really feel. I'm not I'm going to act as if everything is okay. That is what he does. He's that badass that doesn't like to reveal his feelings right away but Hugh Jackman does a good of enough job acting and there are enough scenes and interactions between him and x-23 that I think you you are convinced of that you do see that in him he's hiding it but you do feel it you do see it and then by the end of the film where he finally has this moment, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, Heather. So I don't want to reveal too much, but <laughs> yes, please. He has his, but he has his moment where the 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 goal, his purpose, the the reason for living, is realized. Especially given that the character has seen everybody that he's cared about die he's seen all of these people pass away and he is still alive. You got to under you got to put the character in context to fully understand what happens by the end. But I feel like the character realization that is made by the end, the relationship by the end is justified and it's established given the journey that the characters go on. So it resonated well with me and I think honestly the end is one of the more Powerful scenes that I saw all year in a movie. It was very impactful, very, um, very emotional. A lot of people tell me that they cried at the end of Logan, which is not something that often happens at the end of comic book films. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm on the other side of that.
0: Yeah, I cried too, that's just because I realized that I've been excited about watching all this, and it just—it was finally ending, and I was like, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> like I paid extra money when I saw that. I paid for IMAX tickets. I was out like a few extra dollars because I went and saw it in IMAX because I was so excited about it, and like it ruined IMAX for me. I'm never <laughs> going to be able to see an IMAX again because I'm going to be worried any time I buy an IMAX ticket. It's not going to be worth the extra couple of bucks. <laughs>
1: wow (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) like i was crying at the end because i was like i was excited by this
2: (laughs) i feel like i definitely need to see this now i gotta figure out i don't know i gotta figure it out for myself these are two very opposite opinions so i gotta i gotta figure it out
1: and i'd love to hear from just some fans in general how do you feel about this movie? And I want to know if there's anybody out there, especially, that feels like Sterling, because I know that the majority <laughs> that the majority consensus is on my side, but I want to hear this from other fans, because this is a view that I've only heard from Sterling, and I've spoken to a pretty good sample size. I've talked to Wolverine fans, fans of the Wolverine comic. I've talked to just general moviegoers who've seen the film. And the consensus seems to be that this was an awesome film. So needless to say, I was shocked when I found out that Sterling (laughs) didn't like it. And then I was, and I kind of scratched my head when he wrote a second review because I was like, wow, man, I've just, how could somebody feel this way? How could somebody feel so differently about this movie that almost, for the most part, most people like. So I'd really love Mm -hmm. to hear from some fans on this, especially after this podcast is released and you've had a chance to hear it. Let us know what you think about Wolverine.
0: Now, with all that being said, is there any examples that you guys have of movies you were disappointed about? Because otherwise I'll go on for another (laughs) half hour about how terrible Logan was.
2: So mine I think would be um – Pitch Perfect three, unfortunately, I went into it and I knew that it was not going to be nearly as good as the first two, but it was like it was worse than I expected it to be, and I think a big part of that is because you know, for anybody who's seen those movies, the um the acapella group, the male acapella group, they are like they are kind of the heart of parts of those movies. They're very important in it, and they're just not even in this movie at all. Like they're vaguely mentioned in reference in certain points, but they're just not even in it at all. And I feel like that took out a huge dynamic of what makes the movie so good and funny. And I think that that really hurt them more than it helped them. I've heard that, you know, um, they wanted to just kind of make it more about, you know, the women and just kind of what they're doing in their lives and furthering their careers and whatnot. And they just completely took the guys out of it. And I think that was a bad call personally, because they're, some of my favorite characters—they're just—they kind of make it funnier, and then the chemistry between the groups—it's—it—it it was sorely disappointing, I would say.
0: No, I, I I'd have to agree with you on that. Like, I am a big fan of the first two mm-hmm. uh, Pitchfork Pitchburg movies, especially the first one, because the first one did catch me off guard. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't I I was expecting very little out of that movie, and I mean I'm not gonna lie, like I, I do randomly watch that movie all the time. <laughs> And the second one, it, it it does have some growing pains with it, but ultimately, it still feels like it has the same heart exactly as the original, the original Pitch Perfect had. And then all of a sudden, with this third one, it's just very jarring how they did it. Like it just, it doesn't feel like it's a part of the same story. Yeah, it doesn't fit like, in
2: the same world. It seems like, yeah,
0: yeah. It just seems like it's like. You know, like you're watching Step Up movies, and all of a sudden you watch Stomp the Yard. Like (laughs) it's yes, technically it's a movie about acapella dance, like singers, but it's not the same. Like it just it really did lose its heart, and I don't know if it is necessarily because of the some of the male characters and things like that, which. I mean, the first movie does set them up as characters that they want you to care about. exactly. And then the second movie sets them up to be characters that they still want you to care about. And then the third movie, you just get a dialogue of, oh, that's over. Or with some of the characters, they don't even mention them at all. Mm -hmm. Like, they go out of their way to all of a sudden, like, drop those characters. Yeah. And it really is jarring with how they set up everything in the first two movies. Mm -hmm. It's like if you know you were watching like I don't know like Star Wars or something like that, and you get a New Hope, and you get Empire Strikes Back, and then the third movie is like the Ewok movie that they randomly made. (laughs) Like that's the end of the story. Yeah. Like yes, it's in the same universe, but in no way, shape, or form does it fit the storylines. Or fit the development or the overall arcing story of the trilogy that they had established in the first two movies.
2: Yeah, it feels like it was just one of those where it was so popular that like a ton of people probably just wanted a follow up. Like, oh, when's the third one coming out? The first two were so awesome, and it was. It seems like it was more like we made it for the fans type of thing, especially because you know at the end, you know, and the whole way that they're even promoting it in the trailer is like, oh, it's their last thing, it's their last run, and it seems like it was just more of a we made this one for the fans, but that you know, I feel like a lot of the fans are probably disappointed in that. But I don't know.
1: Well, I really- have you seen any of these movies, Justin? No, I haven't seen any of the Pitch Perfects. <laughs> Y'all just keep picking what? things to talk about that I haven't seen. uh, uh but um, well, that's your I guess homework. I won't. You
2: have that's your homework. You have to see. You at least have to do the first one because that's that's gold right there. You got to see it.
1: I, I've I've only seen bits and pieces I, I've been to a few friends house and it was playing and people were watching it so I know it's popular I've always known what it was never been really compelled to watch it but now I kind of want to check them out so I can kind of see what happened with this third one so that's definitely one I'll put on my list you know for sure for sure
0: now, now are there any movies that disappointed you Justin?
1: Well, I will say I'm I, I can't really call it a disappointed. I gave it a positive review overall, but I don't think it really lived up to expectations. So I'm gonna talk about Beauty and the Beast for a little bit. Um mm. the I think that out of the remake films that they that Disney has been doing lately, the live-action remakes, um, I felt like the first two were pretty strong remakes. Cinderella was a pretty strong remake. It, they they tied some loose ends from the original Disney film and kind of made it a more realistic story or realistic in the sense of they made everything kind of make sense. Um, the story came together a little bit better. And then Jungle Book came out. And Jungle Book, mm-hmm. I thought, was fantastic. They really... Everything that they added enhanced the story. Some of the char- the, the characters and the voice work that was done. Um, one in particular was Idris Elba, who voiced um, Shere Khan in that movie. Did a fantastic job. He was intimidating. Um, he was scary. Everything about that movie, I felt, was enhanced with the live action. I think the live action film is actually superior to the old Jungle Book classic cartoon, But when you look at Beauty and the Beast, um, and I would recommend that Jungle Book movie to anyone, but when I look at Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast is widely regarded as one of Disney's best animated films. It's up there. It's like the upper echelon. I mean, normally, when people are arguing who are the best, it normally comes down to Lion King and that. Those two are usually in the conversation for best Disney movie. And when I saw the Beauty and the Beast movie, um, I did appreciate the fact that it had a lot of the same songs. It it, it pretty much is the same story. But whenever it, it tried to tie together some loose ends, when they added extra songs to try to explain uh, different things missing in the original storyline, when they tried to do extra with the characters or add extra... um extra characteristics about some of these characters. Like Lumiere was, um, in this film, he's portrayed more as a homosexual, whereas in the other film, he just kind of was a guy that admired Gaston. You know, they they added little mm-hmm. things to the story to update it, but I just don't feel that any of those changes really enhanced the movie. It, it felt like a lot of those scenes were forced. It felt like a lot of those extra numbers the singing numbers they didn't really add anything to me none of them were memorable so i have to say that given beauty and the beast uh given its reputation given what it was to the original animated disney universe as far as where it stands how how it's regarded how high its respect how the, the level of respect that it has this I don't think did the original justice. Mm.
0: No, I'd I'd have to agree with you on a lot of that. Like, especially the additional music numbers that they added. Like, they they felt so flat. Like, you know, they they were meant to, like you said, to enhance and to like and add to the story and everything like that. And every single one of those new numbers felt flat. Like, yes. it's like you're just sitting there and you're like, at first you're like, oh. I don't remember this song. And then you're like, oh, that's because it's not one of the original songs. Yes. And then you're just like, why does this song exist?
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And that's what you would do. You would like, just sit there thinking, why did they put this in? <laughs> that's just, That was the exact question I was asking myself sometimes in that film.
0: Like a, a lot of the acting was really well, like or was 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 really good. Like I liked Emma Watson as Belle. I liked most of the 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 people. I liked what's his name, uh, Luke Evans or Lee Evans or Luke Evans. Lee yeah. Evans. I don't Lu- know why. Lu- yeah, or Luke. Yeah. Man, you both you both just said <laughs> two different answers, so that does not <laughs> clarify anything. But um, he was he was really good as Gaston. Uh, I liked Josh Gad as uh, what's his name, LeFlew or whatever. Yeah. Um. It is Luke, by the way. I just looked it up. It's Luke. (laughs) See? (laughs) Justin just ruining everything. For the win. (laughs) But (laughs) but um like everybody did a good job. It's just like part of it just has to do with the fact that Beauty and the Beast is so iconic. So like when you have Emma Thompson singing a tale as old as time, you just don't get the same response because you, when you hear it in your head, you hear Angela Lansbury.
2: Yes,
1: <laughs>
0: and I, I feel so bad for Emma Thompson with that because, like, it's not her fault. She did a good job with it. Emma Watson, it's just I think in my mean? head. No, Emma, uh, Emma Thompson the, as the Mrs. Potts. Oh, yes, okay, Mrs. gotcha. Potts.
2: Just kidding. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> yes, um, but like, she did a good job. It's just when you hear that song, like, if you're ever just like, you get that song stuck in your head. <laughs> You're hearing Angela Lansbury sing that song to you. That's true. You are.
1: That is very true. That is very true.
0: (laughs) Like you're, you're never gonna hear it as Emma Thompson. Like you're never gonna hear her version of it in your head. Mm. Like unless you're brand new to Beauty and the Beast and you've never heard that song before ever, and that's your first time hearing it. That's it's never gonna be her voice singing that song. And Mm. like I said, she did a great job. It's just it was Angela Lansbury.
1: Oh. Well, yeah, I was just going to piggyback off of what he said and say, yes, you're exactly right. And that's why um, at first I was excited about the Lion King one because there's supposed to be a live action Lion King on its way. I've also heard through the Grey bond that there might be a Mulan in, the de- in development, but now I'm kind of fearful. I don't know what to believe because... Before Beauty and the Beast, I saw Jungle Book and it just made me so excited because Jungle Book was so great. I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what they do with Beauty and the Beast. This is going to really be amazing because, like you said, it's so iconic. You 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 just whenever you think about that movie, like you said, you think of Angela Lansbury, you think of the performances, you think of the chandelier Um, dance scene. And you just, Mm -hmm. a a lot about it is very iconic. And it's the same way with The Lion King. When you think about Scar, you really think about, um, you you think about the Be Prepared song. You think about Mufasa's death. You think about Pumbaa and Timon. And now I am fearful. Will this be a Beauty and the Beast? Or will this be a Jungle Book? So now I don't know.
0: (laughs) I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now it's going to be uh, a Beauty and the Beast because they're not going to have Be Prepared in the movie. Really? That has already been stated. What? Yes, Be Prepared is w- – what. That's they are omitting Be Prepared, and they're adding a few more like original songs, but they're cutting out a few of the classic songs.
2: That's, That's my weird. favorite That's a bad song one to do. in the movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's a terrible they idea. Are,
0: it has been officially stated they are getting rid of Be Prepared.
1: Wow. Yikes. That's a
2: bad call.
0: Yeah, it's the more and more I hear of this new Lion King, like, and I'll I'll try to find the article and I'll post it up on Cinema Slayers. That, like I said, yeah, they're cutting. Be prepared, and they're going to add like one or two more new songs, like, because I, th- I think they're trying to take advantage of the fact that uh, it's Beyonce going to play Nala.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think they're giving Nala a song. Oh yeah, no! Probably. Yeah, they're going to do it. And- they're going to do it. You're right. They're going to do it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, if you got Beyonce playing that, it, it, you got to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and that's fine. Like, I'd be, I would be fine with them adding a couple of songs. That's whatever. It's just, you can't get rid of songs. At least Beauty and the Beast didn't get rid of songs. Yeah. That's true. And if they did, I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. If Beauty and the Beast got rid of songs, it was a song I didn't care about because I don't remember it happening. No, it <laughs> like had all the it, songs it, I remember from Beauty and the Beast.
1: It had every single song. You're right. It didn't, it didn't drop any of the songs from the original. Not at all. So.
0: Yeah, cuz I was going to say like if if it did, it wasn't a song I remembered because every song I remember from Beauty and the Beast I saw in that, but they just added two songs that I just were stupid. And like so with this, like I'd be fine if they added songs. I'm just like but you're getting rid of songs. There was one other song they're not doing and I don't remember what it was because I was so in shock that they're getting rid of Be Prepared.
1: Yeah, that's so weird. That is scars. I mean, that's that is the song that sets up the plan. That's the that's the (laughs) Mufasa assassination plan. Mm
0: -hmm. Hey, that's not an assassination. He was starting a revolution. Oh
1: God, (laughs) stop! Stop with this. Scar is the good guy.
0: (laughs) He is the good guy. He was taking down the dictator. So we'll get into this on a later podcast. We'll have one dedicated to the fact that Scar is actually the hero of Lion King. I actually and would Mufasa be, was an evil dictator. I actually, right
2: actually would be interested to know if anybody else agrees with you on the fact that Scar is the good guy. <laughs> like I want to know it's if hashtag, anyone else believes that.
0: Hashtag team scar. <laughs> hashtag Scar is the hero. <laughs> hashtag Mufasa Deserved
1: to die. <laughs>
2: This will be an interesting one to get into with uh, some comments from some some fans. Hopefully,
1: <laughs> yes, yes, he, he
0: and like I said, we'll go into it later on on another episode, and I will fully explain and break down why there was a horrible just dictatorship on Mufasa, and it was just lion carnivore propaganda. Oh boy, <laughs> and the reason why y- you see some of the things you see in the movie based on what the movie's about. It's it's a travesty, <laughs> and light needs to be shed on it.
1: Oh my God.
0: Uh huh. But but to <laughs> but to go back to what you were saying, Justin, it really is true though that be prepared establishes Scar's role in the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: it 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 truly sets up him, and it sets up his personality, and it sets up everything with that, and they're just getting rid of that yeah so i'm like and and his relationship to the
1: the oh sorry and his relationship to the hyenas it all of Mm -hmm. that is set up there and how he kind of has this power and control over how he has this influence over him all of that is in that be prepared song all of that right
0: it's not a power he's just charismatic and they want to follow him because they know that he'll lead them to liberation. Mm. But <laughs> oh
2: god! Oh boy!
0: But I mean, but no, it, it really, it really does. It d- it diminishes him as a character if you lose that song. Yeah. Like there is no way Scar will be the same villain
2: without that quote song. unquote
0: villain in that movie without that song. Right.
2: Yeah. Mm, yep. That's totally true. agree. Yeah.
0: But with all that being said, now, now that it is 2018 and we are. Within a couple of weeks, we will be an officially summer movie season.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What are some of the, like some of the movies that you're really looking forward to in the, in these next couple of months?
2: I have one actually for this, um, a quiet place. I'm super looking forward to that. It's uh, not because it's like suspense scary, which is going to be great, but uh, I'm hearing so many good things about this movie. Um, John Krasinski directed it, I believe, so I'm very interested to see how that is and. Already, it's like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you know, take that for what it's worth to you. But that's that's really good, I think. And it just the trailer for it. It looks really good and creepy. It looks like it's going to be a really interesting story. I am super excited for that one.
0: No, I, I'd have to agree with you for that. Uh, yes, John Krasinski does act and direct in that one, mm-hmm. and it's all the buzz I've heard about it just talks about how good it is and. Like, one thing I, I saw was kind of like it's – like, this year's – like, like they weren't saying it's this year's Get Out. Like, it's comparable to Get Out. Mm-hmm. But, like, John Krasinski has directed a couple of things, and they've kind of been uh, illly received. Like, they weren't received very well. Mm-hmm. And – now he's like going into horror and he himself has said that he's never really been a horror person like those movies like yeah. they do scare him so he's you know never really been big into that but he's he's directing it and like everything i've heard about it just talks about how well it's done mm-hmm. and the fact that like the movie only is supposed to have like three or four lines of dialogue i think that's
2: crazy i'm and so curious makes- about that
0: yeah, like so. Everything else around it is built around just what the actors do mm-hmm. with their movements and their facial expressions, and I, I, I really do think that it's going to be one of those movies that kind of sticks with you, and uh, should hopefully be like from what people have said, it, it hopefully is going to be as good as as its reputation is so far. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another one I'm definitely looking forward to too. I've been keeping up with reviews on it and yes i i piggyback everything you guys just said i can't wait to see that movie as well you can so, also check out the trailer yes.
2: on our um facebook page if you if you want to see what it's all about
1: um i guess if i'm gonna go uh i'll go next um the well, the movie and it just recently got released but it's 2018 i haven't seen it yet i don't think any of us have seen it yet so it still counts but i I'm really excited about this Isle of Dogs. Um, I really want to see that movie. It's a Wes Anderson movie. So if you're a fan of Wes Anderson, Grand Budapest Hotel, and uh, more recently, the fantastic Mr. Fox, like he's such a great director, such a visionary director. His movies are always so just They're just pleasant to watch. He's always got a great story, appealing characters. And this one seems really interesting. Set in Japan, and there are these dogs that have been casted away into this, uh, almost like this um, junkyard, almost. And, like, dogs, for some reason, are carrying this disease or something, so they've been exiled. And it's kind of like this quest for redemption, from what I can understand from the trailers. And it looks amazing. I couldn't, I remember when I first saw the trailer in the movie theater, I just couldn't stop saying, this looks amazing. Just this stop motion type of animation that they're using with this film looks great. There are a lot of uh, um Japanese people also in the cast. So it looks like it's going to be rich with some Japanese traditions and a lot of like um, Asian callbacks and things like that. So it really looks like an interesting movie. It looks different from what I saw on what I've seen on the screen as far as previews. So and it's of course it's Wes Anderson. So I know I'm going to get a story that's going to be appealing and fun, and it's going to teach me something at the end. So that's a movie that I can't wait to see.
2: And Wes Anderson, he's he is very creative. I I will give you that. When you call him a visionary, I would agree with that. But I honestly like I saw the trailer for this one and for some reason I wasn't as excited about this one of his like for it did it didn't seem like it was as original or creative as some of his other stories were but maybe that's just me I don't know but i I typically do like his movies and I like his style because it's so different and unique but for some reason this particular movie just didn't stand out to me as something that I'm like dying to see I don't know maybe that's just me
0: no, I I actually agree with you on that. Like, I have been a big fan of his movies for a long time since like I originally saw uh, the Royal Tenenbaums, and yeah, just something about this movie. It just I don't know. I just nothing about the trailer really clicked with me. Like, I'm just not really like wanting to watch it. Like, I will watch it. It's just. When I saw the trailer, I was I wasn't like, Oh man, another Wes Anderson film. I am so excited by this. Like I just Yeah. Really had no like reaction to it. Now Jason,
2: do you think yours is just because you are such a big fan and so you you're just it's like the the nostalgia of what you've seen him do before. Is that why you're excited? Or is it actually the story itself really like grabs you?
1: Well, I think really it was more um aesthetics if anything I just thought it looked amazing it looked, I was curious about it, the fact that it was set in Japan, I felt like that was going to be different, uh, it seemed like that was going to be something a little different and I guess coming mm-hmm. off of a movie like Coco where it was just grounded in Mexican tradition and they took like something, they took a, um, um, a, a religious Mexican story and that kind of crafts how the movie was made, and that really is Mm -hmm. the driver of the story of that film. This seems like it might be something similar. Uh, So, I was excited about that. And I'm a big fan of Japan stuff. I love Japanimation. I'm really big on Japanese culture and Japanese tradition. I I know a lot about it. So, I think it was really those elements. And then, of course, I'm a fan of Wes Anderson, but it's combining. But now he's taking a look at something else I'm passionate about. So I think it was that, the fact mm-hmm. that um, I know that he's going to get to do something that has to do with Japan. I I just found that exciting because I know that normally Wes Anderson's um, storytelling style is appealing. So him mm-hmm. mixing in with the Japanese culture, plus it just looked, I just thought it looked amazing. The close up shots of the dogs and you could just see every detail on the hairs and the eyes and when they were talking and just uh, how picturesque everything looked. You know, Wes Anderson just has a way of doing that with his usage of camera angles and visuals. Everything looks like uh, a picture that's just a painting. It's like you're looking at a painting or a picture that's just come to life, you know? so You just know it's his work when you
2: see it, yeah.
1: Yeah, you definitely do. You just recognize it right off the bat. So I think it was just a combination of all of that, not so much the story that really just hooked me and made me excited for it. And so far, the critic response has been pretty positive for it. So definitely Mm. one I'm looking forward to, so-
2: he, he has a particular, um, I guess, he has a particular following of people. Like, if you're if you're a Wes Anderson fan, you're kind of like, anything he does, you're going to like just because you like his style. And I just feel like anybody who likes Wes Anderson, they're going to feel like he can never really go wrong with any of his movies. So, I think he'll have that going for him, at least. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that is true. Like, for the most part, Wes Anderson does make good movies. He's... Like, if you look at it critically, he's only had a couple that were received, if you will, poorly. But even then, they were still, f- like, fairly good scores, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I just, like, I watched that trailer and I've seen it a few times before a few movies and things like that. I'm just like,
2: eh, whatever. Yeah.
0: Like, I'll just watch it when it comes on HBO.
2: <laughs> well, then what's your movie that like- you're excited about then?
0: All right. This was really hard to narrow it down. Like I, I was trying to think like, well, do I do one of the like the tentpole movies that everybody's going to say like Infinity War that comes out in a True. few weeks yeah. or yeah, like there's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom because I am super excited by that or, or like Incredibles 2 that's going to be probably amazing because that is the best Pixar movie to ever exist. Um, but then there's also something like the next Mission Impossible movie because I'm a huge fan of that franchise. But like ultimately, one of the movies I'm really excited about is for a movie that comes out in June called Hereditary. Hmm. Uh, it's supposed to be one of the scariest movies like in a long time.
2: Oh, you like, know it's what? It's been I, to a few I, film festivals. Yeah, I think I saw. Um, I actually saw a preview for that like not too long ago. You're right. That looks really good.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those movies it's it's been to a few film festivals and things like that and like apparently it's got a standing ovation a couple of times wow. and it's just supposed to be one of those like once in a ger- generation horror movies that's like supposed to be like profoundly horrifying and well i doubt it's actually going to ever live up to those things because a few things ever do it's just like when i've watched the trailer and things like that it's just it's one of those movies that every bit of what i've seen of it just seems like it it's like sucks you in like i just i want to watch that movie and i it's just one of those movies that it looks like of all the hype it's been given it actually has a good shot of actually living up to mm-hmm. it
2: and i will say mm, it's have- uh T- tony collette is a really amazing actress i think she's super underrated Um, so I think her being, she's kind of the lead in that if I remember correctly. Um, I, and I think she's going to be, she's going to be awesome and I think she's going to be really good in that. Yeah.
1: I'm going to have to definitely catch a preview for that. I haven't seen a preview for it yet. So, um, man, that makes, that makes me a little more excited to see what it's about. So I'll definitely check Mm -hmm. it out, see if I can catch a preview for it.
0: Yeah, I'll find I'll find the trailer and I'll put it up on our Facebook page. So if there is anybody else that hadn't seen the trailer, that they can watch that. Um, so we're starting to get to the end of all this. And so just like real quick, since we also do review TV shows and things like that, like is there anything you guys are watching right now that you would recommend that like, you know, might be something people can catch up on or something that's like going to be coming out soon or something like that that you're excited about as far as TV goes? Mm,
2: that's a good question. Yeah. And that's also something that I'm, I'm hoping that, um, well, it's something that we, we've talked about doing more of on our website too is more, um, television reviews as well. We have a couple of those now, but we're, we're hoping we can do more of those, uh, coming up this year. Um, for me, I would say so far the new TV show Rise has been really good. It's, um, I think the acting is really good in it. I think it's a good, um, any age, person would like it, I would recommend that one. My surprise one that I've been watching that I didn't really expect it to be as good as it is, is um, Good Girls. <laughs> that one, um, it's got Christina Hendricks um, and Retta and Mae Whitman. It's very well done. It's a clever show and I did not expect to like it. And just suddenly I was just binge watching all the episodes of it. It's it's actually really good. So
1: man. I haven't really been watching anything like on TV. I, I have, um, I have delved into a few of Netflix series. Um, I mean, uh, right now, I guess just to comment on what I'm watching right now, and I don't believe I've done any like television reviews, not for anything on television, except for I think I did a documentary, um, the OJ yeah, Simpson the documentary. documentary. That 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 might be the closest thing to tv that i've done as far as on the site but um i am watching uh jessica jones uh season two it's um on netflix right now if you've been living under a rock but it's a marvel (laughs) um comics one of their marvel comics netflix series and i'm digging it so far um season one was just awesome it was psychological it was fantastic um, the, all of the, uh, supporting characters. And of course, uh, the, the Jessica Jones character is just so interesting. She's like this female anti-hero type of character. So she's always interesting. She's loud mouth and she's always got a funny wisecrack or something hilarious to say. So I really enjoy it. And, this one seems a lot more heavier than season one. We're learning a little bit more about Jessica Jones's past and we're diving into kind of how these superpowers came about and things like that. So it's been very interesting so far. I'm only into uh, episode four, but once it's done, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll do a review uh, for this series on the cinema Slayer site. Awesome,
2: Sterling, what about you?
0: Uh, One of the, show that I am incredibly obsessed right now is uh the show Happen Leonard. It's on the uh Sundance channel and they're on their third season right now. And it's got Michael K. Williams in it and it's got this other guy that I never remember his name, but I'm gonna have it in just like two seconds. Uh James Purefoy. Uh he you know he was in like a night's tale and he was in the following and things like yeah, that. He's good. Um but like Michael K. Williams I I've been obsessed with them since the first time I saw him on the wire and as Omar. And I mean, they're both in it and it's, it's just one of those shows that is, you know, they do it really well. They do like, they only do like six or seven episodes, like a season They keep the seasons really short. And it's just this really self-contained episode, like like season that has like no filler or anything like that. Like the whole thing is just the story and, you know, it's just incredibly acted and, they really have a good chemistry with each other and they just do such a great job on it. And uh, like I said, they're on the third season of it now. And I highly recommend it to anybody. Uh, And then like something that uh, I'm looking forward to with TV though, is the second season of Westworld starts at the end of April. And I thought, I thought the first season was really good. Um, I'm in the middle of rewatching that and I'll have a review for that uh, shortly. And it's it's just one of those shows that like like HBO has done so well with because it's one of those shows that if HBO didn't put the money behind it and if the writers weren't given the freedom that they have on something like HBO, like it really could have fallen flat.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But like the freedom and the production and the things they're able to do on something like HBO has really like lent itself well to that show and helped elevate it to Uh, a level that you don't typically get and the fact that like hbo learned their lessons with like true detective where they did the first season it was so well done and critically acclaimed and then they rushed the writer into doing a second season and that season fell flat for a lot of fans like with westworld they did the first season and they were like yeah we're gonna do a second season you know you just take as long as you need like we don't have to do it next year we can wait two years like they've done Mm -hmm. and you know They've it's been two years since last so that way they can actually craft the story the way they need to and, you know, do what they need to get done so that this season can can still live up to the first season's uh success and hopefully continue that on.
2: Yeah. That's a good point, yeah.
0: And plus it's HBO and who doesn't love a good HBO series? <laughs> I mean, like Game of Thrones isn't the biggest thing in the universe for no reason.
2: That's so a good. Point. Yeah. <laughs> good point.
0: You know, and I really do think that that Westworld could live up to something like that. Like, you know, Game of Thrones wasn't insanely popular in its first mm-hmm. season. It wasn't until like its second or third season that it started getting the popularity that it has now. And I'm really hoping that Westworld gets that that chance too, especially if this season does live up to its first season. Like right. if it really does continue that tradition on, that, you know, more people will jump onto it because it's it's a different beast than Game of Thrones. But it's still an incredibly well-made show and just super intriguing. And it makes you think, and it's, it's just, Oh, one of those, like it, it, it takes you on a journey. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just, I w- I'm always going to be down for more of that.
2: Yeah. Everyone that I know that is a fan of that show, or that's even seen that show is a fan of it because they, even, even in its first season, I mean, it, they, it got so many, awesome reviews and people loved it. And I personally have not watched it um, yet, but everybody I talked to is like, you got to see it. You got to see it. So I, um, yeah, I think if, if everybody loved that first season so much, you know, the second season, if it, like you said, if it does live up to what the first season was, it's going to be like, it's going to have a huge following like Game of Thrones, honestly.
0: All right, guys. Well, we really do hope that you guys enjoyed our inaugural uh, for- foray into the the podcasting scene. We do have another podcast we're going to uh, hope to start doing soon. Uh, we'll be giving you more information on that on our Facebook page. And uh, like I said earlier in the, the episode, we're going to be doing these roughly once a month. Just kind of a, a free-flowing thing. We're just going to be talking about movies and TV, things we've seen, things that have been announced. Uh, just anything and everything we can talk about with movies. And we really do hope you guys uh, give us a chance and listen as much as you can.
2: And we love your feedback. So please let us know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're constantly going to be trying to put things on Facebook. Uh, You know, just give us your feedback. Like, let us know what you thought of Logan. Let (laughs) us know what you thought or what you think about scar. (laughs) Um,
2: Those two in particular, of course, Sterling.
0: (laughs) Yes, those specifically, because mm. I'm right. Mm-hmm. And you know, we this will have this will be announced by the time this goes up that we do have a merchandise shop. So if you do want any Cinema Slayers shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, uh, tote bags, baby onesies, we got it all. Um, we do, and you can go check that out. Our link will be uh, to that will be on the Facebook also. And is there anything you two want to add real quick at the end?
2: Just thank you guys for listening and we hope you enjoy it and we hope that you guys will uh, continue to listen to us.
1: Yes, yes. Um, Thank you to everyone who's checked out the site, who has commented about Mm -hmm. Cinema Slayers, or who looks forward to our reviews, who's watched some of our videos. Just thank you for your participation and we hope to keep this going and just keep being interactive with us, keep letting us know how we can improve how we can be better. Tell your friends. And, um, <laughs> yes, and tell people about us. Let people know, man, we want to make this as big as we can. We're just fans and we just want to share our opinions and feelings with other fans. So whoever we can connect with would be great.
0: And just to end it off, I, I do have to give a little bit of a plug for everything. So just check us out at cinemaslayers.com. Uh, if you want to hit us up by email, uh, you can hit us up at cinemaslayers at cinemaslayers.com. You can also hit us up on facebook or twitter it's cinema slayers under or cinema underscore slayers and also a big shout out to uh podcast garden who hosts Mm -hmm. our podcast and you know if you have any podcast needs or you want to start a podcast or anything like that i highly suggest checking them out they've got really good rates and they give you a lot of stuff for a very low price so you guys should definitely check it out So other than that, we'll talk to you guys again next month. And thank you for listening to the Cinema Slayers Podcast.